Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Lynn Devitt, and I am coming to you from the Fargo studio. And I am so excited. We've had a great morning with Steve Ray, and then you got to hear about a couple of our favorite Christmas movies. And now I'm here with Father Kyle Metzger, and he is here to talk about Christmas because it's official. It's here. It's a, it's Merry and, Christmas. And we're in the octave. We've got at least eight days eight and days some more. Of so celebration. We've been waiting four weeks, barely, like three weeks and a day. <laughs> well, and not all of us wait very well. <laughs> Right? Even, even priests are guilty of that, Lynn. So. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being here. And, you know, we were just talking about our favorite movies. And so I just have to know, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Yeah, I was listening to that segment. You guys covered a lot of territory. <laughs> you guys talked about movies that, that I had not heard of. I've got a list, too, now. <laughs> I know. I, I can't even find where I'm supposed to be asking you questions because I have all these other notes. Yeah. Well, jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Um, <laughs> you know, I love the classics, and I also like, you know, kind of some of the more, the more popular ones. My family kind of hits it all. But, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, that's just such a, a great story. Iconic. So many, uh, so many lessons to be learned, uh, learned from that one. But um, I was uh, flipping through the TV the other day and stumbled across Home Alone. Like, so it's been decades good. since I've seen that. I think that came out when I was a boy. And, and I remember, um, like, the movie theaters would sell out. You remember back in the day when the theaters would sell yes. out? Okay, you'd get there. I mean, there was no, like, buy tickets online. or You'd get there, it was full, and you'd have to come back. Right. And I remember we tried to go to Home Alone a couple of times and couldn't. And then finally when we got there... I mean, how many weeks was that in the theater? So I just watched that the other night. That's just a great show. It's it, so funny and, you know, clean and decent. Uh, it, it was great. Well, I, we didn't see it in the theater because I lived in a small town, and so we didn't even have a theater. Uh, but I agree. We watched it later. We got, you know, started watching a Christmas, at least one Christmas movie as a family. Mm-hmm. And we watched that one. I thought, man, I just don't remember this being this good. <laughs> we... Uh, um, I'm the principal of Shanley High School in Fargo. And so we had like um, family feud. We called it class feud, yeah. the game show. Uh, each grade competes. And they, they, um, one of the, the, the categories was your favorite Christmas movie. You know, and so for all yeah. these teenagers. And their number one movie was Home Alone. I turned to the dean of students. I said, <laughs> they still watch that? Like that is, but they love it. Yeah. I mean, it really has stood the test of time. Yeah, it really, really has. And if it's been a while, watch it again. It's mm-hmm. it's super like you said. It's it's innocent. It's you know I this mother trying to get back to her son. You know what when that one really hits me. Like all of a sudden the chaos and you just realize that your kid isn't there. Yeah, <laughs> and it happens so tugs at every mother's well, heart. Well, right? it happens so naturally in the movie. Like you just think no no mother could forget their kid, and all of a sudden you're like no. I forget lots of things. <laughs> and and it's, it's scriptural too. Like as a mother right? could never oh. forsake her child. So, you know, the Lord, and it's like, no, actually it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were playing a family game. Yes. Uh, over Christmas. And one, like we would have to go around and answer these questions. And 
one of them was things people lose. And um, my son said, keys and kids. And I'm like, what? He's like, home alone, mom. Home alone. <laughs> but see, now now you just put an air tag in their backpack, right? Like you track them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we World has changed, hasn't no, it? I'm not one of those mothers. <laughs> good for yeah, you. And yeah. And good for your children, yeah, too. Yeah. They can just go out and create havoc because of that. So it was a busy weekend for you. It was. Yeah. Did you get enough rest? Um, I did. You know, the, I, I, I got another glimpse of kind of the uniqueness of the life of a priest. I'm the principal of Shanley, so in a certain sense, I'm on vacation. I put that in quotes yeah. because a priest is never on vacation. You don't take a vacation from your vocation, we like to say. But um, so I was uh, suspecting to just help out with the Christmas masses at the local parish um, that I live at. But kind of tragically, one of the priests in the diocese had a tragic fall and he got kind of injured. And so he was unable to celebrate yeah. the liturgy. So um, I had to cover for him. Uh, he's in, a, in about a parish about uh, two hours away. So all of a sudden, like I was called into action. And so very, very sad for him to be away from his parish for those holy liturgies, but I got to, you know, celebrate the Christmas liturgies. So it was a lot of travel back and forth yeah. between, uh, between Fargo and, and this, and the city, but, um, but, uh, uh, good times, you know, obviously it's, it's such a joy. Uh, uh, you know, everybody's there with their family, extended family, everybody's dressed up, yeah. you know, all the girls have their, their fancy new Christmas dresses on and the liturgies are just so full, so beautiful. The readings are so, uh, so powerful. So it, it's, it is a busy time, but it's a very like meaningful, fruitful time for priests. So I went to two masses. I went to the 4 p.m. Um, or two Christmas masses, to the 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve, and then the the um, the next day, the 10 a.m. the next day, non Christmas day. Uh, but like you said, every reading is different. Um, do you have a favorite? Yeah, for for. Um, for some listeners who might not know, there are four different Christmas liturgies, and each of them has like their own prayers, mm -hmm. and each of them has their own readings. So, like you went at the four o'clock, so it's called like the vigil yeah. mass, and um, it's kind of the the dreaded mass for every deacon because you read through the genealogy, the beginning of Matthew's gospel. Mm -hmm. That's that gospel reading for for the vigil mass Christmas Eve. And so you have to read through all of those really old Hebrew names. It's like, you know, what is it? 40 of them. And then that concludes then with, you know, the, the, the Jesus, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Joseph and, and, uh, his husband, his, uh, his wife, Mary. So, so that's that reading. And then if you go, it's called mass in the night. Yep. Okay. So that would be like your midnight mass or your 10 o'clock. Yep. And so then you read through the Gospel of Luke. You start with the beginning of Luke, and so you hear about the shepherds and, and all of that. That's going to be the fullest reading. You get like the most details, the longest of the actual um, uh, nativity scene. I would probably say that's my favorite, okay. just because there's, there's so much content there. And then if you go the next morning, um, mass the at dawn. Mass at yep. dawn, exactly right. And so then you'll continue on with Luke. So you get a little bit of the um, ending passage there in Luke. And then if you go later on during Christmas Day, there's some flexibility when you can do that. Um, mass, Christmas Mass during the day. Yep. And then that is kind of a very different reading. You will get um, uh, uh, the, the Gospel of John. And you'll, so 
Um, God so loved the world so that he sent his only son. The word became flesh. You get that reading. So you will not get the narrative of that, but you'll obviously get, you know, the, the whole theology of God wanting to save the world. So uh, sending his son, but um, not the narrative. So I would probably say that midnight mass, mass mm-hmm. at night, um, just because it's it's the fullest, you get the, 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 the most content of the Christmas story. Yeah. And it is beautiful for those of us who, like, like I said, we went the we went to the vigil mass, and then on Sunday I woke up and I'm like, I just can't not go to church today. So I went again, <laughs> and, and it was a different mass, and it was beautiful, and um, the music is still beautiful. I mean, everything is still be- beautiful, and yeah. As a priest, I've I've noticed, you know, from when when I was a small boy to where I was now, Christmas Eve seems to have become much, much more prominent. I yeah. remember like you, in, in my childhood, it was always Sunday morning. Sunday, The Sunday masses were very full to overflowing. It seems a lot more people gravitate to Christmas Eve. I think you know, yeah. then it's easier to then you know, schedule time with family and stuff like that. But at the parish that I'm at, the Christmas Eve liturgy is the four o'clock, yep. which you mentioned, oh my goodness, Packed. bursting at the seams. Anywhere you can yeah. put a chair or you have a spot to stand. It's uh, bursting at the seams. Well, it's a good time for kids. Right. It's a good time for scheduling, yeah. right? You go to Mass, and then you come back and have a Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah. I grew up in a small town, which and it was a mission church, so our priests didn't live in town, and we just got whatever Christmas Mass right. we got. Yes. And so we just... You went when when you went. Um, yeah. My, I think we preferred as a family the Christmas Eve mass because it was kind of easier. But um, but yeah, we just went when we went. I like to uh, <laughs> like Christmas Christmas morning. Um, you'll have all like these altar boys, and I, I like to say, "Have you opened your presents yet?" And every now and then you get some that say, "No, like really? it's the family custom. Yeah. You don't get your presents until you go to mass, yeah. which I think is great." And so I like to kind of banter with the altar boys, like, "I'm standing between you and your presents. <laughs> I'm going to give like a two or three hour homily, and their faces just drop." You know. <laughs> well, we would open our gifts on Christmas Eve, and we couldn't open them until the kitchen was clean. From dinner, and we had said the rosary yeah. as a family. Yeah. So, um, work in prayer, very Benedictine. <laughs> yes, we were very pious because of that. <laughs> or you're just like, okay, let's get this over with. Do we have to do, you know, all of the decades, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is beautiful. I mean, what a gift we have yeah. in in our faith. I I'm, I appreciate it more now, of course. But as a kid, you just you know want to go so you can get to the gifts. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's so many people's favorite holiday. I mean, it's just it is so meaningful. And I think, um, you know, we're not perfect, but I think in general, as as a nation, you know, we do Christmas pretty well. Of course, there's a certain amount of secularization that's happened, but like nothing is open. Everything is right. shut down. It really is time for family. Even even uh, well, yeah. Like I just think we we really do create a lot of space. Uh, places decorate. You know, even secular yeah. places, of course, there's a commercial aspect, but everything really does feel different, yeah. you know, even 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 like driving out and about. So, yeah. of course, we're not perfect. And but I think of, of all the holidays, Christmas still is celebrated, yeah. celebrated widely and with great fervor. So that's a good segue to our next segment. Uh, this is Lynn Devitt with Father Metzger. And we we're just talking a little bit about the Christmas season because it is celebrated until Christmas. 
<laughs> when the Catholics will start their season, right? So we're going to head to a break here, and we want you to stay with us. And Father's going to give us some hints in keeping Christmas through the Catholic Christmas. So please stay with us. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Conversion and Obedience. Faith requires conversion, and that conversion is an act of obedience toward a reality which precedes me and which does not originate from me. For Christians, this prior reality is not an it, but a he, or even better, a you. It is Christ, the Word made flesh. He is the new beginning of our thought. He is the new eye which bursts open the limits of subjectivity and the boundaries dividing subject from object, thus enabling me to say, it is no longer I who live. Conversion does not lead into a private relationship with Jesus, which in reality would be another form of mere monologue. This is the sole guarantee that the obedience which we owe to the truth is concrete. Only the concrete God can be something other than a new projection of one's own self. Following in Christ's footsteps is the only way of losing oneself which attains the desired goal. The one who became flesh has remained flesh. He is concrete. Obedience to the church is the concreteness of our obedience. The church is that new and greater subject in which past and present, subject and object come into contact. The church is our contemporaneity with Christ. There is no other. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter, and be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Lynn Devitt, and I am here with Father Father Kyle Metzger, who, um, say again your title for Shanley. Principal. Principal. Oh, you're the I'm principal. I'm the principal, yeah. You're, you're the guy in charge. I am, yeah. Well, I should make sure that I behave. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you're on vacation, you said. Not vacation, yeah, yeah. You, vacation. You do spitballs all you want, okay. Lynn. I'm not doing <laughs> anything right now and quite this is your studio right. i don't have to clean it up technically i'm the boss here you, yeah you do whatever you want <laughs> well so we talked a little bit about um the beautiful catholic or the christmas liturgies the four different liturgies and some of us have been thinking about christmas all through advent so i guess my question why i wanted you on today is really to talk about how should we as catholics now switch from Advent, where we were sort of in preparation to Christmas and truly celebrate sort of this Christmas octave. 
Yeah. You know, in the church's wisdom, they've like our, our biggest seasons, our biggest days would be Christmas and Easter. Mm -hmm. This was the whole development of like the liturgical calendar was to put these two dates to nail these down, down these two dates. And then everything else is built from those two dates. But in the church's wisdom, it, it, it's always seen before we celebrate these days, we need time of preparation. Mm -hmm. And so leading up to Christmas, you have Advent. And leading up to Easter, you have Lent. And so in the, the church's wisdom, um, we celebrate these days, but not until we're ready. Okay? Right. So the, 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 the season of Advent, uh, even the name, a combination of two words in the Latin, ad and venire, which literally means to come, right? So we're, we're preparing for the coming, of course, of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So preparing for that, of kind of cleaning out the clutter spiritually in our lives and really focusing on the gift that we're about to receive. That was one of the things that I focus on a lot with the students over the four weeks of Advent is kind of like the idea of gift. Everybody's buying Christmas gifts. We're doing shopping. Like, but what is the gift that you're going to give to the Lord? And so we talked about different possibilities, the gift of a good apology in confession. That's yeah. a great way to prepare the gift of, um, the gift of uh, a present for his poor. Yeah. Gift to the poor, right? These are his closest friends. We have in our social doctrine the preferential option for the poor. So maybe a gift to Jesus is a gift to his friends. So, but we're, 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 we're preparing our heart to welcome that. But now the Lord has come, hallelujah. And, um, and now it is a great time of festivity and joy. Um, liturgically, Christmas is eight days long, mm -hmm. right? Like the day, it's a day, eight days long. Um, and so that's the Christmas octave. So it really is a great time of rejoicing, of feasting. Um, the Lord could have saved us in a myriad of ways, right? God is infinite. He could have done this in a, in a multitude of ways. He could have saved each of us individually, like, you know, coming up with all kinds of different ideas. He decided to send us himself, to send us his son. So, wow, what a spectacular way, blowing all of our expectations. Um, and so we celebrate, you know, with, with great days. So it should be a time of great joy, great levity, um, uh, uh, in song, in decor of the house, certainly liturgy, um, taking time with family and friends, some time off from work. So, uh, so it is, you know, a time of kind of preparation and quickly switches into a time of rejoicing. Mm -hmm. Even, even like our, Chris, our, our Christmas uh, music, you know, really captures that, whether it's great celebratory or very kind of quiet but, but evocative music. Mm -hmm. um, as I said before the break, I think we do Christmas well in that regard. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, we had Steve Ray on earlier okay. talking about um, St. Stephen today. But, right. you know, we go from Christmas, the birth of the Lord, to St. Stephen, right. martyr, yeah. St. John. Yep. Um, the holy, holy innocent. I mean, there's a lot of blood going on. There this is. Week. It's interesting liturgically, like you said, like, and, and sometimes I preach on that the very next day, like the first martyr. Yeah. And uh, what I like to emphasize is the coming of Christ, like, has a very real impact on the world, right? Like, Jesus is not just kind of like this emotional response that we have, you know, kind of touchy feeling, kind of like like a, a self-help guru, like, no, Jesus is coming, like has a very real impact on the world. Mm -hmm. And in a certain sense, like 
draws a line in the sand. Like, do you love me or not? And like the very next day, St. Stephen, we see those who are willing to give of their life for him and those who are Mm -hmm. adamantly opposed to it. So it's an interesting liturgical choice. We don't know the date of of Stephen's martyrdom, right? right? So that date was picked. (laughs) And they they picked December 26th. Like, I would have loved to have been in that bishop's discussion, right? right? Like, what date, guys? Oh, let's do the day after (laughs) Christmas. Yeah, let's stop the celebration. I'm sure it sounded much more beautifully in Greek (laughs) and Latin when they were discussing it, but a very interesting choice. But I think in in many senses, it's it's right. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And I, you know, I kind of joked, stop the celebrating because, you know, now we have martyrs, but, but it's not. We celebrate our mar- martyrs. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then also, as you said, I forget exactly what day it is, but the, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, yeah. right? It's in a couple 28th, of days. yeah. There's some very, very powerful hymns about the death of, of the Holy Innocents that sometimes churches, uh, churches will sing. But like those who died, you know, in the wake of Herod's, Herod's uh, execution to try to eliminate the birth of the Savior. So... Again, there's just like so much packed into uh, into the season of joy and 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 even kind of the 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 the, the difficulty, the strain that mm-hmm. Jesus is coming brought. Yeah. So, do you think we as Catholic families do enough? I'm I'm just going to. My mom was telling me this is years ago um, that they that their family, my my mom's dad, and then they would get like their cousins. The day after Christmas, always, because it was St. Stephen's Day, and that, that her uncle was St. Stephen, and then her dad's name was John, and so they always knew the couple days after Christmas that they would celebrate as a family, and I don't think that they sat down and had, like, a lesson about who St. Stephen was, who St. Stephen and St. John were, but there was this memory of these cousins, kids getting together and knowing that they were getting together to celebrate because of these two great saints. Uh, you know, and I just kind of think, man, we just don't do that anymore. Yeah. And, and maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like you said, his name was Stefan. Yeah. Like, to celebrate our, our saint names. Yes. I think we've lost that, you know, and, and naming our children after, you know, whether it's family members or saints, rather than just kind of plucking a name out of, you know, popular culture. Um, at the school, we don't celebrate birthdays, but on the the Saints' Day, if you are named after that saint, we get you know we mention it on announcements. We give them treats at lunch, and it's just one small way to kind of highlight our connection yeah. to the to the to the company of saints. But um, uh, yes, it, it it helps us kind of be planted in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, um, even you know a lot of our saints had had very you know kind of. Interesting. Interesting yeah. lives. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and um, a few years ago, we, I was listening to Real Presence Radio, and they were saying St. Lawrence, and you're supposed to have a barbecue. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is why I love being Catholic, right? I mean, you just celebrate such crazy things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, so I have a question for you. Like, what if you have a name like Lynn? You don't get... Or do, and do I'm get Kyle. I know. I know. So do you get to pick a different saint? No, Lynn. You've got to work really hard and depend upon the grace of God that you will be the Saint Lynn one day. That's what I tell the kids. Right. They moan and groan if they don't have a saint in his name. And I say, well, it's not my fault. You got to blame your parents. (laughs) 
they're the ones that named you. But then you don't get any sympathy from the principal who's right. named Kyle yeah. because I don't have a saint after me. I've got middle name Patrick. So I kind of default to uh, the Feast of St. Patrick. But, um, but uh, you know, sometimes that happens. But I would like there to be a St. Kyle one day and maybe the Lord's grace will make me yeah. be the first one. Yeah, I mean... Just a couple that should hundred be years after your death. Is that how it works? Oh, no, it's faster <laughs> and then, now. And then I asked the students, what, what are you going to be the patron saint of? And they're like, state championships. <laughs> so, like, so guys, let's shoot a little higher than that. You know? <laughs> but That's a the really, mind of a 15-year-old, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. I have a 16-year-old. I can, if you want to win a state championship, they'll pray to me one day. Oh, my gosh. The humility. We got to work on humility, right? I feel like everyone does the voice of a teenage boy. Exactly the same. We we joke about that in our family because both our boys are the same. Yeah, you know. So you do the same thing as a principal. Okay. So that's that's great. So what? So now, so now, like I said, so today is Saint Stephen. Tomorrow is Saint John. Then we have the Holy Innocents, which I, I don't. I mean, it's actually my wedding anniversary. I we didn't realize that at the same time. It seems a little morbid um you're just looking for the saturday right right. saturday (laughs) it was just a saturday we didn't look to see what was being celebrated so um but but then the sundays uh, on the calendar are very prominent we get the feast of the holy family yes which is which is brilliant you know to focus on Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You know, Joseph had a had a tough go of it, right? Like, how is that family where your wife is the immaculate conception and your son is the incarnate son yeah. of God? Like, everything is Joseph's fault. Like, yeah. If anything goes wrong, it Joseph, it's probably something that you did because, you know. And we don't even get to hear him say anything I know, about it. I know the silent, the yeah. silent witness of Joseph, which which makes it even more beautiful, right? Right. I mean, if you really think about it in that way. Yeah, the humility of him and the words of scripture, righteous and upstanding. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, lets his wife take uh, uh, take the spotlight. Yeah, his son, and he could sort of get all defensive or because oh no, it wasn't me. It was a you know it was yeah. But it's really beautiful. And then you know we have Saint Thomas Becket, who's yeah. also he was martyred, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Kind yeah. of a so just a lot of this this idea of we get Jesus. And now we have to be willing to die for him. Right. And there's just something, I, I was telling Steve Ray earlier, I was kind of old when I put all these things together, and it was very, very profound for me. So, right. <laughs> so when we were going to have the show on the 26th, I'm like, we got to talk about this. This is so fascinating. Yeah. There, well, there's a lot of content. It's a mature faith. Yeah. You know, it's a very mature faith. And there's so much there. Uh, you know, the students will say, like, Father, how long did it take you to, like, learn everything about the faith? It's like guys like i am still learning there's so much there two thousand years of history and scholarship yeah. and spirituality and yeah. theology it's beautiful. beautiful okay so we're coming up to a hard break thank you father for joining us Absolutely. in office today and um, merry christmas yeah merry christmas father and I'm waiting to say that <laughs> and listeners please stay with us we will be back after this break This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. This is Father Bo Brown from the Diocese of Duluth. A lot of times us as, as Catholics, we we struggle with the Holy Spirit because the, the Father is so approachable. He has a name that's very... Uh, that we all know, right? That we can relate to, and the Son as well. And when we give the Holy Spirit, oftentimes He can take this this kind of back seat in our relationship with God. And we see early on in the, in the Book of Acts and uh, in the disciples in the early life of the Church, we see how they live with the Holy Spirit, and they express to us what it's like to live with Him, and how He both sanctifies what they do and their ministry, and gives them special gifts, and also how He sanctifies their own lives. And they talk about how. The Spirit brings uh, certain effects in their life, like joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control. So I think it's good for us to think about today. What's our relationship with the Holy Spirit like? Is He a real person in our lives? We have the same kind of relationship with Him that we have with the Father and the Son. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing.